tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. To another tinfoil hat. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to. There we go. Joining me on the ones and uh, joining me is uh, one of the co-hosts of We Don't Smoke the Same, and uh, am one of my very good friends. Please welcome Xavier Guerrero. What's up, Xavier? You look like you're high and tight right now. You got a clean up. You got some everything trimmed. You look like you're on the run. You're like it's it's almost spring. It's time for those little lady action. It is. It's lady action time. Summer's coming by. Yes, lady action time. And then on the ones and twos, live from Joe Rogan's studio, Johnny Woodard. How are you, Johnny? That's right, man. I'm sorry you didn't come visit me while you were in Austin. That was, uh, I... You know, I, I know you need your space. You want your time with Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually I've got a cot right back here that I just sleep on, and I stay in this little spaceship studio. Yeah. They say they can hear you shouting suggestions on the show now. Well, no, down. yeah. The other day, like, I was like, Jamie, shut the fuck up, man. I'm trying to sleep, bro. And it was, it, it turned out it was, uh, it was Elon Musk that was in here doing an interview. Oh, oh that's yeah. so weird. That must have cramped your masturbation style, huh? Oh, no, no, that's right up my alley, actually. Oh, perfect. I perfect. love Elon. Uh, real quick, I want to say, uh, thank you to everybody at Float Fest, F L O T E. Uh, thank you so much. If you want to check out their website, go to float.app, I believe it is. I had a great time. I was at the inaugural one. Uh, Reed Becker, Tony, uh, Tino Sanchez, all crushed. So thank you guys so much. And thank you for Float for taking care of us. The cool thing about Float, I just found out, everybody, we're going to have them on to talk about. You can pull all of your Facebook data and immediately, immediately move it to Float. Because that's why a lot of people don't want to leave Facebook because they've been on so long. They have all these amazing pictures from when they were like super young and, you know, or family members or people have passed, animals have passed. They're no, you don't want to lose your Facebook. Well, now you don't have to worry about it because uh, a float they're working on. So uh, very excited for them and very thankful to be a part of that whole thing. Guys, if you want to see me live, I'm going to be in Kansas City this weekend. Uh, this weekend coming up, excuse me, not this weekend, but the following one. I'll be in Kansas City at uh, the the Comedy Club KC.com. Go to the Comedy Club KC.com or go to samtriply.com and I'll be out there rocking and rolling. A lot of QA, a lot of a lot of improv and a lot of some new jokes. So come and uh, check me out. Guys, for the first time ever in my life, they have added a second show to a show that I'm doing. So I'm very thankful that this is happening. It's the first time in my life they've had to add a second show because tickets sold out. So if you want to see me in Lombard, Illinois, I believe it's on the 20th. Hold on one second. 
Yeah. So I'm in Kansas City on March 18th through the 20th. And then March 27th, I'm in Lombard. They have added a second show. And then I will be, so go grab those tickets. And then I'll be in Austin again on April 9th through the 10th. Come hang out there. And then we got some other shows coming up. All those links will be available at samtriply.com. So go and check those out. Uh, I have a bunch of, uh, you need to just check out samtriply.com. It has all of my content on there. Every show I do is available on Tinfoil Hat, and most of my premium content is on there as well. Tinfoil Hats, Broken Sims, uh, you name it there. That's some of the uh, old, but you go down, yeah, look at that. Looking good. So we got a whole bunch of stuff on there. All my channels are there, all my website, Cash Daddies, Punch Drunk, Union of the Unwanted. All those episodes are there, and uh, they're being uploaded as we go. They will all be caught up today. Broken Simulation, look at that, look at that, look at that. Johnny does some of the best um, thumb drives, and then all the Union of the Unwanted are there as well. Then Punch Drunk, some old Punch Drunks. So it's samtriply.com. I'm going to have my own uh, Discord where you can go, and it's going to be my own Discord. They can't take us down, so that that's going on there. And uh, you're going to be able to get premium content there as well. So, And I'm going to be doing live streaming. So go check that out. If you want to see premium content right now, you can go to, you can go to rockfin.com slash zero. I have zero over there. I have the greatest of all time sports talk over there. You can find Tim Paul Hat over there for free. And then we're going to start putting Broken Simulation over there. And word on the street is wink, wink, wink. They're going to start having Conspiracy Social Club over there. But don't say anything, and you didn't hear it from me. Uh, we're going to get uh, We Don't Smoke the Same over there, and hopefully some broken simulation there as well, because I'm helping them build up the comedy division. So check that out. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash hat, you can get my daily doses there. You get at least three episodes a week. Again, Rockfin, you can get my my Zero, my spiritual podcast. That's R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash Zero. Now, why do you like Rockfin? For $10, you get all that content, dog. All that content. So go check that out as well. If you want to support the show, maybe you might want a new T-shirt, huh? You want a little Tinfall T-shirt fisting the machine? Tinfall hat is for the people. This is my probably one of my favorite shirts we've ever made. Limited supply. When they're sold out, they are gone. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. Check that out. You can also go to samtriply.com and get the t-shirts. And what else, guys? Anything else? Nope. All good. I'm All right, pretty much guys. It. Did you guys enjoy the show or what? We had a oh, killer yeah. show, right? You want to yep. go deep on Tataria. with A lot of human- information. The human supercomputer, uh, Andreas Exersis. So uh, enjoy the show. It's a good time. And thank you, Swarm. Thank you for your support. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, very excited to have this guy on. I uh, I basically did his podcast, was blown away, and I said, I got to get you right on the podcast. We made, we moved mountains, heaven, and we uh, here we are. I'm very excited to have him on. He, I, I consider him, a, I think his name in my phone is Supercomputer. Uh, he's a supercomputer. He uh, he was on my Patreon, blew me away. He, he's got a, a Tatarian podcast, 
and he's here to lay it down because apparently no matter who we have on, we get our, our Tatar out wrong. So here we are finally, third time's a charm. Even though the last guest, we love them and appreciate them coming on as well, talking about, but we're just going to fill in a couple blanks, I guess. Please welcome uh, Andreas Exertus. How are you, brother? Superstar. I feel great. Thanks for having me on your show, man. It's, it's crazy. Like you were online. Now we're doing this crazy thing where we're talking about all the stuff again, but um, I got a lot more notes this time because that was so impromptu. You were just coming over to the house. So now I feel like we're a little bit more ready to give people some facts and figures. Not that there's any wrong with the last guest, I'm sure, but like you just want to have as much data that you can like kind of circle around as possible. So, yeah, I don't want to make anyone think we weren't happy with the last episodes. They're both great. The first one was uh, Melted Mountains and the other one was uh, Rome Didn't Exist. And I love them both. They were both excellent conversations and I would have all those guests on it again a thousand times but obviously that I, I i we can't do a thousand times dives. like a thousand, thousand times my angle has always been that like history is full of you know fake news that becomes old news so it's like old fake news it's, it's history it's fake it's lies a lot of the time well that's and- a really great point about that man and like it's like what's so crazy is when we talk about something on the show and then it happens in real time right and you're like so what what we're gonna get into is the rewriting of history the rewriting of history and uh and like what we're seeing right now i mean like we are seeing the taking down of statues the re the rewrite the renaming of schools the the rewriting of our presidential uh their their name their histories and all that stuff it's it's unbelievable, and it's like this is what they do, and they they take your history, they shish kebab it, okay, and then and then you don't know who you are, where you came from. It's true. I mean, and but what's funny is you know, so with lies, there's always a, something you know that's a truth, a core truth that the lies about, and and in any story, you know, let like someone might, might maybe a generation after generation they change a story of you know recycled stories. They change a lot of aspects of them, but the storytellers do it in a way that decrypts and encrypts a certain amount of data that that doesn't matter, that disappears, but the core of the story can last. And so that happens a lot. So a lot of it is about trying to put together what was the original event, the seed event that actually happened that they're talking about. And because usually there's an excuse, which is a cover story that, I mean, for whatever reason, right? Because maybe somebody conquered some people. I mean, you know, like you look at Armenia and the Taters, the Tartars are uh, from the Khazarian cognate went into Armenia. And that's a huge deal. Everyone wants to hide what happened in Armenia. We know that today, you know? So it's it's one of those things like a laser cut the notes I was saying so I'd have something to say but the first one that comes up to me is Pope Gregory the seventh otherwise known as Hildebrand of Savannah and he was responsible for what was called the pseudo Isidorian decretals and so the pseudo Isidorian decretals were supposedly written by this guy who's called pseudo Isidor but uh he probably didn't exist and it basically just said that the king, that the Pope was better than any king. He was infallible. You couldn't, you had to kiss his feet, literally was in the decrees. And 
basically they said, oh, this was just a really old thing from hundreds of years ago, you know, and now, by the way, you can't be married. Uh, I know priests, thousands of you are married. We're going to make you all leave your wives and your wives will have to be prostitutes or kill themselves because we found this old decree that we made up just now, but hundreds of years ago, we were supposed to be following it. So you have to give up your land to the church. And these are the kind of things that like, not just that the priests had to lose their land, but these were princes a lot of the time that ran these big churches in these towns. So it was a way of taking over their society. And we know that the Catholic okay. Church. Dude, will, I know you can just go on forever. Then, I'm going to let you do that. I, I love it because I can listen to you talk all day. I really can. So one thing that I, I brought you on to talk about was the Kazarians. And like, there's all this discussion. Were the Kazarians real? Was it, uh, were, were they in a war with the Russians? And, well, they're definitely real. It, and... and is that the synagogue of Satan that everybody talks about, which I, that's my opinion, but I could be totally wrong on that. And well, let's, what we'll, that let's relax on the judgment of who they are first and just get into like, are they real? That's a great first question. So are they real? Well, the Khazarian empire was very real. I mean, they, there are plenty of people that are happily admitting that there was a Khazarian empire. You, Armenia had been invaded in the, in the 700s um, by the Khazars. The Khazar kings ran the Volga, Bulgarian, empire um you know at one point the uh uyghur people which the chinese have been persecuting referred to their tribes as the khazars which kind of translates into a q um actually and are related to a group called the veringers and the veringers were what the vikings were referred to by a number of people because again they're boatsmen that were everywhere so different people had different names for the same people that were going places but veringer tends to be a name for khazars so the Khazars had a huge empire. I mean, it, it stretched uh, thousands of miles. And what it did was it took over other empires, uh, uh, caliphates that existed. So there were an Arab caliphate called the Umayyad Caliphate, and the Khazars took that over. So they took over Bulgaria, they took over Hungary, they got into the Czech Republic regions, um, but they were all the way up in Georgia, which is you know where Russia is. And uh, there's even a book from uh, Peter Fleming, the, the brother of Ian Fleming who wrote James Bond, and I think Willy Wonka, right? And he has a book called News from Tartary, because they referred to um, China and Russia, that region in between, as Tartary. So that's the thing, is Tartary and Kazaria are on the same location on the map. Was there a war? Like, was there a war between these two? And Huge one. somebody <laughs> tweeted this, I'm like, oh my god, I think you might blow my mind. Was World War II about erasing the history of Tartaria? Well, I mean, it, it was about, there was, Tartaria had already been pretty well erased in the 1800s. And so that's another interesting thing is that there was a resurgence of people who knew about the history of Tartaria. And there are the grandchildren of these emperors uh, and then these prince kings of Khazaria that wanted to bring back their empire. And the Jesuit is like, the Jesuit connection is a big part of this as well, because there's a thing called the suppression. Let me find the card for you. The suppression of the Jesuit society. I have that one somewhere. Yeah, okay, as you're looking for that. Guys, I want to tell you about Lucy Nicotine. Okay, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative, okay? Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck, okay? Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients, okay? Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four grams of nicotine that comes in three favors, wintergreen, cinnamon, cinnamon, and pomegranate, okay? Lucy has lozenges with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice 
flavor, okay? Uh, if you love nicotine, you know smoking ain't good for you, okay? If you talk to Native Americans, they used to love the smoke tobacco, okay? They loved to mix it up, and there's nothing wrong with, with trying another alternative. Get that breathing out of your skulls, okay, uh, out of your lungs. Use this product okay it's one of the best out there all right so it's 2021 get rid of your cigarettes unplug your rate throw away your dip and get lucy nicotine gum or longines okay this is the real deal subscription to lucy comes directly to your door each month it is so simple you don't have to leave your house because lucy has delivery down boom right to your house so here's what's going on tinfoil hat Listeners, go to lucy.co, C-O, and use the promo code TIMFOIL to get 20% off all products, including gum gum and lozenges, okay? That is lucy, L-U-C-Y, dot co, and use the promo code hat at checkout, okay? Please, this is it. I have to give this disclaimer, okay? Warning, the product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is a addictive chemical lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code tin foil so one thing that blew my mind and why i got really into this this to this kazarian thing is because and i was watching this video on it and so so what always used to bother me was that israel never recognizes the armenian genocide it always bothered me i go why is that for people who like talk about their genocide why would they not recognize this other genocide officially and then i saw a video which explained that the kazarians when you go far back far enough are turkish well essentially that region they're not necessarily uralic which is the people so turkey also has kurdish people has a bunch of different kinds of people but the turks you know it's a it's they were from constantinople which is in turkey or istanbul today and uh they controlled this region which we now call part of rome your guest who's talking about how rome didn't exist i think what they kind of are talking about is how byzantine empire wasn't really like we we relabel things because you have so many mercenaries they're taking so many people's kids and they're building this kind of convoluted thing that we're calling rome but you have you know the etruscans which is and then the thracians which is the tar the th is really tar in a lot of these cultures so you have tarations and tiroli tripoli actually has to do with that in libya Ooh. and lebanon yeah we're you're you're oh, from you damascus come from kazari no no i'm, well, I'm not i'm not no, I, no the but the name of the city uh tripoli which is where phoenicians uh trade networks really started is a huge tartarian uh city and so the tarmax also when the war happened between the khazars and the uh i think it was the umayyad caliphate at that time but it was a, it was a muslim arab invasion the the tarmax were the names of the generals like the the lead generals and they had a main one called tarkhan so the tarkhan tarmax uh, there's, you constantly come up with the same the same interactions uh with these with these names but the the war that was that mainly people talk about with Khazaris in the 600s and then by the 700s they basically created this giant empire and the Khazarian empire 
thrives for uh, several centuries and it gets really, really big because it's able to expand over places that have already been conquered by the Islamics. And that's another thing that makes the Spain, uh, Spanish Inquisition so important, right? Because they're so anti-Jewish, but they're really anti-Khazarian because the Khazarians were running the Umayyad Caliphate, which controlled Spain. So they were trying really hard to push out the people that were running the government because they were part of this confederation that went way further than the small region that now we call Spain. Again, you have to remember back then there was no Spain. It's Catalan, it's Galatia, it's the Basque state. I mean, they all these new nations like that exist are brand new names, right? Like the only thing that's on the map originally is Tartaria because it's the Terra and it's the land and it's a it's different uh, resource republics that existed and traded with each other. Dude, you know, with Bishop Larry Gators turning his back on us, there is a room <laughs> for someone on that Mount Everest and somebody is going for it. Somebody, I mean, you're talking Kazarians, Tataria. I mean, that, that my nipples are hard, okay? So, <laughs> but uh, I could talk about this all day because this is what my jam is because it's all about, you know, it's like we you were kind of talking about on, on the, you know, your episode, my Patreon about, you know, basically the resetting of all this stuff and why they don't want us to know this. This is how they control us. I mean, I, I, it goes back to things I say all the time. All culture is manufactured. The stuff that we call culture right now has been manufactured in a think tank to control us and basically push on us stuff that isn't good for us. And that's across all different um, pop culture, black culture, feminist culture, hippie culture. These are all made by lizard, bisexual lizard people in a think tank to create, to, to basically push us in a certain direction and not allow us to know our history. And it's, it's actually important to do that to destroy um, the lineage's ability to carry on ideas. And so a big part of it is moving their kids back and forth. You have these wars. You take the fathers and you make them go somewhere else. You take the children because they're orphans. You put them in foundries, which are these orphanages on other parts of the world, so that they learn a new language and they're completely lost of their original culture and they're trying to assimilate. Uh, it's a huge way of controlling people. One of the guys who figured out what you're talking about in terms of history, like, I mean, this goes back like centuries, actually. Uh, I think if you go back to Aldu uh, Jean Alduin is a, a great example. He was a Frenchman who, uh, he, Jean Harduin, but it's Arduin. He, he, was a, a, he was one of the guys who figured out that, he's, he's a librarian in Brittany, and he looked at a lot of books that his father had and figured, my God, uh, this guy from Constantinople in the fourth century, uh, St. John of Constantinople, probably is the actual John who wrote this book that's supposed to be from a thousand years earlier, the, the Bible version with John. And he's starting to realize that a number of these historical uh, texts are identical lines. So this is a map and it's really small, so it's hard to see, but you can see that at one point yeah. is each line of the birthdays and death days of each king in a row from the uh, Roman empire to the Bible. And I'll, I'll say, I've sent you these before, but I'll send you in a better picture because it's like hard to see. No, I the, love that dude. Yeah. The, that's kind of what the, the guys who said Rome didn't exist. Right. That's yeah. That's we've been using that system. There's actually like hundreds of years of that research starting with Sean Halloween and eventually got into the studies of uh, Nikolai Mor uh, Morozov. And Morozov is an interesting guy. He lived about 100 years old, like 90 something. And he met like he was a Russian who met Marx. 
met Lenin and met Stalin. And so he went, I mean, like not a lot of people bridge the gap between the idea and like the functional Stalinite state, but communists were really into this historical narrative revision at that time because they thought Napoleon's war, there's some weird things about all of that and the historical lines of these kings that don't fit and that their culture also, they didn't use the Gregorian calendar until the 20th century. A lot of places into the 1920s didn't use the Gregorian calendar. So they, they, ha- they had to kind of figure out how to match their calendar, which wasn't fitting with the Western calendar. And eventually they found the only thing that would make any sense is that dates were copied and manipulated. And the only people who could have done that were priests. And the priests were the ones who had been suppressed. So for about 100 years, you know, well, more or less, maybe like 70, but it depends, because the thing is, that's where it gets really weird, is the the Society of Jesus' suppression, uh, we don't know... what happened because when they were when they were erased and they had their lands taken um they disappeared society of jesus you said yeah the jesuit society of jesus so you know the jesuits are the black uh pope and the the guys are you going black nobility dude no, but it's, well, you, we can go there too if you want to talk about Pushkin and Saint Peter's. Yeah, uh, let's African just hit the Moorish. trifecta. This is important. <laughs> this is this is important. You have to do it. One of the main reasons is because racism is like really pervasive in like the community of truthers for some reason, which is like really sad. Because like the main thing about Tartaria I find interesting is it's a non-ethno state. It's a confederated trade networks of different kinds of diverse people, and you have these crazy examples where like you know Prince was talking about the you know the founding fathers of America being partially african uh descent like and it's very I mean, it's obviously true in louisiana and all of nova france it's all down in brazil i mean it's tons of like jose francia who was the king of paraguay uh or president of paraguay rather but same idea he he was you know partially black i mean we have tons of these examples but russia too so russia you have saint peter he adopted a kid supposedly who was uh, a, a african uh, slave who was uh, abram pushkin and then that's the grandfather of pushkin the writer who was like considered the greatest writer in russia you know and he had 11 kids with 11 uh great you know families that extended outwards and there's huge amounts of uh african african russian nobility you know and the black russian isn't just a drink so this is the thing like we're so used to hearing that there's this you know, uh, dynamic in terms of, of race, but really it comes down to the specific families, like you're saying, that have control over certain regions. And the, the Jesuit priests were often descendant of specific royal lines. And so you had these certain families that went out and then they would conquer a place and then they would instill this, uh, you know, you can't have a family. These kids are bastards of these princes and they call everyone father. And so they, they built this weird kind of, I mean, not to say that the Catholic Church doesn't do some good, but it's also like this weird Marxist theology, liberation theology, that everyone is an altar boy for this foundry, you know, and like, I mean, that they did this in, in, in Paraguay and in Japan, you know, half of Japan was Catholic for a while before they killed a third of Japan. Like, I mean, the world was really dented and, and changed by, by the, the Jes- Jesuits. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, right? It's just, yeah. dude, yep. why do you call them father? Oh, man, that is nuts, dude. That is nuts. Yeah. Have you heard the the White Brotherhood? Uh, tell me more. No, that's a- Amy says, she says there's one level above the uh, Black nobility, and wow. it is the uh, White Brotherhood. 
uh, that's even higher, you know, that I'll have to dig deeper into that, you know? Well, I love that. Amy's you, Amy nails it all the time. So I, 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 I'm interested because, you know, cause then when you hear about white brotherhood, what do you start thinking about redneck, like racist? He's like, here we go. Here's where well, they're flipping it again. I, I, I was captain planet agenda 21 Santa Cruz kid growing up with like vegetarians, you know? So I, I don't, my first thought actually is um, they're Saturn worshipers. And so the next is Jupiter. Here we go, dude. <laughs> Cause he's hitting it all Johnny. Why don't you look like you're having fun? I'm, I'm having, I'm having loads of fun. Rushmore. <laughs> oh yeah. He's going I mean, for it, Johnny. Blue two for rock or dick on you. That's right. Blue two. Dropping big D's on you. Guys, it's when St. Patty's Day, anybody? When is it? March. March, dude. St. Patty's Day. You want to get lucky like a leprechaun? Huh? You want that girl to deal your pot of gold? Huh? Then you better get yourself some blue chew, all right? And stack that gold, rock hard gold, for that lady, okay? That's how it's going. If you want some action on St. Patty's Day, get yourself a little bit of blue chew action, right? You love blue. Dude, I go on the road with Tito Sanchez. He always has some blue chew. He's like, I, I, I'm always ready all the time. Dude, there's one thing about Tito Sanchez. He's ready for everything all the time, okay? That's why it's including getting rock hard for the ladies, okay? It's just that simple. I love it. You love it, okay? Blue chew has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, right? We all love it, right? Aren't you tired of going to the gas stop and getting a like Mega Bowl 5,000 or a, a, a Naughty Tiger 90,000? I don't even know what those numbers are. I don't need to know it because I don't need to go there anymore. I can go to bluechew.com, work with their online pharmacist to figure out exactly what's right for me, okay? Fill out some number, some, some answers, some questions, fill out some stuff, Get a prescription and get the Blue Chew rocking set right to my house, okay? You can have it in a discreet bag, or I ask them to write them big dick energy on my bag <laughs> and pin it right to my front door so the neighbors know the missus is getting taken care of, okay? That's what I do. I don't even know. How, if I could say that all in Spanish, I'd say it right now for you. Let them know hammer time. So... All you got to do is go to bluechew.com, use the promo code TINFOIL, okay? Bluechew is prescribed by online, by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctors, okay? Or doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, shipped right to you, okay? Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code TINFOIL, okay? And get weird, my friends. We appreciate them sponsoring the show. I guess I should also mention King Joseph the um, the first. So this is the Portuguese king who had lost control of Portugal essentially because he was nearly assassinated by the uh, Tavora incident. And so in P- Portugal, like uh, last summer, I went there and I found this public urinal, which is a salted street that's barren in the middle of nowhere. And there's a sign there. I wish I had the the sign. I don't have it, but it says something to the effect of 
Um, this is the, the spot of the, you know, where they hanged and castrated and murdered the Tavora families, royal nobility who had their peerage taken from them after they attempted to assassinate King Joseph after the earthquake had destroyed the palace. So there's this giant earthquake, destroyed the castle, and the king's living in a tent, and he doesn't know what to do. And then someone tries to kill him and his, his uh, chauffeur. And after that, they wipe out a number of uh, important people that are associated with the Jesuits. And so this starts the line. They're like, we got to get rid of these Jedi Sith dudes that are trying to take over our whole world. And it all culminates in, I think the mission is the movie where like in Paraguay, you see the Jesuits are like, you know what? This doesn't belong to the Portuguese or the Spanish. It belongs to God. So we're going to, they have a war, which ends up becoming a triple alliance war around Paraguay. But it's a state war that wipes out 99% of the population. And what? You know, yeah, 99% is a lot of people. So, I mean, you have to also know oh, that Par- Paraguay used to be like pretty much 100% literate, like university educated astronomer, Jesuit trained kids. They had women and men both that were fully literate. Like it was a, it was probably more literate than just about anywhere in the world, even today. And in terms of what they were creating, they were prolific. So Paraguayan theater and so much of this was burned and destroyed. And all you had left were like a few uh, women, mainly just children, who ended up being assimilated by Argentinian and uh, Brazilian forces. But Paraguay is not anything left of what it was before. I mean, there are some Warani that have kind of wandered around, but like even so, the Warani are, are kind of so they 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 tackled, you know. Paraguay completely wiped it out. But over the next couple of generations, the Jesuits were uh, banned all over the world, except for maybe in two or three places. So in the United States, peculiarly enough, in the 1800s, uh, well, 1700s, for a little while there, the Jesuits were kind of hanging out and uh, they they lost control in British Canada, but they were in parts of parts of the United States and then into uh, into Russia. So under Catherine the Great, like the Jesuits were allowed to keep a kind of quiet uh, coup attempt going. And then over about 50, 60 years, they had the last Pope removed. They, they managed to manipulate the Franciscans to sort of take them over. Is that where the black nobility comes into that? They put the Pope under house arrest or like he stays in the Vatican for like, they said like 50 years. And that's why they call it the black nobility well, there's 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 two kinds of black nobility. So one thing is there really are black families from Africa that were powerful in Germany. And so the House of Wilhelm are descendant from Berbers that probably intermarried with black people, you know, and came from Africa. And so we, you know, we I mean Rammstein made that music video about Deutschland recently, which has got just a black woman playing Germany. That's histor- that's historically based on what is to be believed about black nobility in the Teutonic order. But if you go back beyond that, the idea of these 13 families that made up the Knights Templar and you know Ignatius Loyola and like who the, the Crusaders were they, they were royals that were princes from a, from a Tuscan region. Um, how, how black they were, I don't know. It's not like the main, most important thing necessarily. Well, not that but they're it is, black people, yeah. but that's the name of but them based on the period was that's, considered that's what, black that's what and I'm, dark. That, well, well, I mean, I, it's not necessarily. Okay, so also there's this idea that black, darkness is God. So Lucifer is light, right? So if Lucifer is light, oh, what is that like God, right? Yeah. So this is the Saturn worshipers, you have to remember. So the whole idea is Saturn's another uh, black sun. And I don't know if you guys remember the solar eclipse, but I remember thinking about that black sun story. Oh, that gets into uh, Tecumseh. Good job. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. No so problem, much. Dude. So Tecumseh, 
comet. So you might have heard of Napoleon's comet. You might not have, but hopefully the last guys talked about it, but it all comes around Tecumseh. So Tecumseh is a guy who was a Confederate. Now you hear that and you think the Confederate Americas, and you're right, Confederate America, but not United States Confederacy in the 1860s. I'm talking about Confederate Indians that were, you know, the Native American tribes that had a confederation of Iroquois and Algonquin Indians that lived all around. And this is what uh, Benjamin Franklin and a number of other founding fathers said was a bigger inspiration to them than the socialized pedophilia Athenian state of, of Greek Hellenistic democracy that everyone thinks is like the, the American history is all this Greek thing. I mean, no, you know, it's like not. It's really, I mean, it's really from from American uh, tribes that were interacting with each other. So uh, Tecumseh was very important to trying to revolt against what well, he was OK. The Nova France thing was fine. The French were really used to um, xenophilia. They weren't afraid of travel. They liked to have sex with people that they traveled to see. And they had new families and they created like hybridized communities and and so for a lot of it it was like they were bringing moulin rouge prostitutes to indians and trading them so they could create families of fur trackers so america was like pretty different at first but then it got into um you know the indians were being beaten by the british and and the british specifically were like saxon traders were trying to take over not uh, following their uh, deals so tecumseh said we have to stop them and they had this huge civil war and again this is a civil war but it's a civil war of Confederate, uh, Confederate tribes and of colonies that are fighting with each other over what is America. Uh, so you could call it a, you know, a, a real war, but it is what it is. It's a number of different kinds of people. But the main thing about Tecumseh is he said that a comet uh, would come and it would be a, bl- a black sun would be seen. The black sun would be the result of this comet. And the comet would like last for a long time and that would be like the end of the order and the beginning of the reset and this new world order. And like, you know, stuff that you hear about today from like David Icke or from us, you know, basically now, I guess that kind of, that, that kind of stuff was being talked about by native Americans that were like, Hey, I have this bad feeling. I got a bad vibe about these new guys. You know, like I think that it's going to destroy our whole society. So Tecumseh's comment started in 1811. And so this is like, you know, you think, okay, a comment, but I don't know if you guys remember, like in 1997, there was a comet you could see for like 18 months straight, and it was pretty important in history. Like the last thing like that was Tecumseh's comet, and it's otherwise called Napoleon's comet because at the same time, 1811, 1812, Napoleon's like waxing and waning in Europe. You know, like he takes over Spain, he puts his brother in charge of that, and he takes over. He goes into Russia and they burn down Moscow. I mean, this is the official history. There's a lot to that, but simultaneously you have the war of 1812 the united states is like has a and you have to look at the time frame around it because it's this big ge- geological and astronomical events that are happening so 1808 you have the first uh, you have the new presidential election you have the gubernatorial which leads to the madison conquest and the end of the federalist in the united states venezuela you have the caracas earthquakes and so venezuela is interesting because venezuela is the spanish holdout after spain's been taken over by napoleon you have spanish loyalists to ferdinand right I for a second so they're all uh we want to stay you know spanish in venezuela you know but like they're no so we the only way to do that is to secede from spain right because you know it's now napoleonic spain so then there's a giant earthquake on a saint's holiday which you know is bad uh sign you know to sim- symbol symbol to the the people so there's a revolution in venezuela which ends up destroying um the the venezuelan uh 
like Spanish uh, loyalists in, in, in their elite and leads to a Bolivarian uh, victory. So all around the world, you have this thing in 1811, 1812, it's kind of like a secret war, like a World War Zero that no one likes to talk about. And World that, War Zero, I love that. Yeah, and I think World War Zero is where the 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 Tartary history is most lost. You know, and I, I think, you know, like we'll have to someday do more on 1619 and like 1533 because you can get into the Croatan and because everyone's talking about 1619 project, right? I think we need to take that over because it's, there's some really important true things about 1619. Like is 16... everybody talking about 1619? Have you heard I of that? I have been on those chat boards, but I guess is that- is It's that the left. Of... Yeah, like the, so the, 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 the mainstream, you know, is saying that project 1619 needs to be taught in schools that America's founded on slavery in 1619. It's, it's not, accurate but it's interesting because there it's are things real. that are well it's not okay real. but let's take a lie and make it true sam okay so like let's start let's <laughs> let's start with the true aspects for one thing slave comes from the word slav so yeah slavs were being taken and you know slavery is like this thing that the moorish empire originally did and along the Burberry coast the sephard slave traders slav traders this is this is actual history that's worth mentioning. I mean, it has nothing to do with uh, racism, or it maybe it does, but it's certainly not Eurocentric. Uh, second, also, 1619 is not when it started because 1533 you have the Croatan settlement of the Ranuki, and that's you know where a lot of basically the king sent a bunch of English people who just disappeared, and they always wondered what happened to them, and everyone said that the, the Indians ate them. Which is like, dude, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, why is this? This is the thing. We do need a change in history in perspective because that we're still living in a time where we're thinking that Indians just consume, just ate these people because we're racist is the only reason to think that. I mean, if there was, oh any, yeah, if there was That's any what evidence, you do with the, the enemy, you deem. I mean, North yeah. North Korea thinks Americans eat children. I mean, well, I'm some, sure do, some but do, but not <laughs> all of us, right? Right? Not Amen. all of us. No, but yeah. some do. And what you're seeing right now is the 100% shish kebabbing of our our culture and our history done. I mean, like I was just talking to somebody, all these kids are coming back from school and all they're doing is talking racism. Yeah, critical race theory is pretty weird. But okay, so here's the beautiful thing. Again, when we're talking about xenophobia and like explorers who are the opposite. So what did happen to the people that probably weren't eaten by the natives? Well, you know, they weren't supported by the British government. They were abandoned. And so they joined the natives and they made families and they assimilated. And so we now have examples of Welsh and British words uh, or certain phonemes and phonetics that are along the East Coast connected to the Algonquins. So, I mean, there's, there's fascinating. Is that where near Johnny lives? Is that the whole thing about that island, Johnny? Yeah. Yeah. It's what, it's what, uh, what Rai Rai was talking about. Yeah. Rai Rai. Yeah. Brother. There's a bunch of beautiful, like, integrations in history. It's like the opposite of the message that they like to tell us. But okay. So you've got 260 days of comments raining down from the sky and you've got, you know, accounts from the Mississippi river of, of the river running the other direction. Like the, it's just crazy things are happening. Earthquakes. It went reverse. Water went reverse. Right. So it's supposed to flow uh, south and it starts flowing north. And there's people that are, you know, wiped out all over the place. I mean, this isn't just in Minnesota or in 
South America or in Russia, it's everywhere. Everyone all over the world is seeing this. Simultaneously, we were talking about the Tambora eruption, which happens to be like the biggest eruption theoretically in history, not the biggest volcanic explosion, which is Krakatoa, which is caused at the same time, but doesn't happen until 1870s. And I'll explain why in a second. But basically with Tambora, it's, it, it, it started to erupt in 1808, the same year as the American elections and all of these you know, crazy things that happened in Portugal and all of this stuff that started to go down. But it, it collapsed. And so it didn't fully, it, it, it started to close itself in this, the water cooled it but the heat kept rising it, it finally it exploded in 1815 so but but for 11 uh, four years which is nothing but um black smoke and fire and it was just destroying the environment um and and then so krakatoa similarly started to capture all this gas and so finally when that erupted it sent shock waves around the world that bounced off each other and so they could hear everyone everywhere could hear what was that noise seven times because of the explosions sound waves bouncing that's how big of an explosion that was in history so i mean it just in terms of the crazy you know uh things that happened because of that there was a thing called the year without a summer and so there was like no crops there's complete devastation people living off of whatever last reserved grain they could a lot of people died millions of people died and uh winter uh changed the way people live because so many places were so much warmer but there was, this was a huge feedback loop climate change that was pretty much instantaneous and we're used to this idea of gradual glo global warming that we have a hundred years to fix things. when a giant volcano goes off like it actually can affect things so yellowstone dude that's right. what they think's gonna happen it's gonna be bad yeah it's true do you want to survive if like the planet's destroyed do you want to survive i mean um, like dude yeah, you I mean, and a couple space, squirrels I mean, yeah, I mean, a reset, I think I'd be all right with the reset because I've got my own laser, you know, but I don't yeah. think everyone wants to do it. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, you no. think about the Malta and you think about this idea of Atlantis. And so a big part of Tartaria is trying to tie together a lot of different uh, individuals' histories into a, a narrative that fits this new lens of, you know, how does it all fit together using the software to figure out which dates all fit together, you know, but Atlantis stories like Herodotus wrote about these sustainable city, autonomous city states. Uh, and we found great examples of these 23 um, square, but circular mile, you know, in terms of volume rings diameter uh, in Mauritania. I've been to a bunch in Spain and, you know, in South America, these like circular ring cities. And what you start to find, do I have it? Oh, thank God. The star forts, the star fortresses. So I, this is oh, one of my snaps. this is one of my biggest victories, I would say, in the world right now is that I've gotten <laughs> them to stop calling these things bastion forts because they're not just bastion forts. So there's this crazy thing where they say that these forts were designed by somebody in the 15th century in Italy and that they're designed specifically just for war purposes. The thing about it is, you know, everywhere I go, I find star forts and, you know, our group, the Tartary Nova, you know, 13th Monkey is one of we have like a lot of people that do research all around the world living in former Taiwan and or former Formosa which is now Taiwan and in Holland and in Scandinavia and in Venezuela it's still like looking for all of these um, remnants and archaeological you know examples of these places the thing about star forts are they're built on water lines for the water currents they're built around resources so that the rivers can run and then they can co collect the water and they can also defend against flooding you know so this is huge in, in holland it's huge in russia by the way you know that california was conquered by the russians uh in the 1800s oh, as well 
Yeah, what? no one likes to talk about that, but it's it's pretty good, man. Is that um, I think uh, Cat, we're talking about Catherine the Great, who let the Jesuits do their thing um, before they ended up back in power, dug up the Pope that had excommunicated them's body, put the corpse on trial, excommunicated and pulled his soul out of heaven, deleted and burned all the books, and went back. There was to a real trial was, for that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, Can we I, do it was, that with Woodrow Wilson? Um, <laughs> you could do like a suance, like in South Park, probably. Yeah, just dig him up and put him <laughs> on trial for being a scumbag, and then I want to chop him up and put him in a speed bump outside a, a gay bathhouse. That's Man. my that's that's what I want to do with Woodrow Wilson. He hates Wilson. I mean, you know, I mean Taft gets a bad rap too. Okay, well, oh, we'll just do Wilson's story in a minute. I just want to make sure I don't. I my ADHD is rough. I don't know if you guys noticed. That's why I'm trying. I'm to following do. it. So I've got Paul the first and Catherine the Great, the son of the mother. And so what happened was he was taken as a baby out of her womb and never allowed to like breastfeed from her. And he was raised by Freemasons in private schools and then watched his father be assassinated by the Freemasons, which they made look like Catherine the Great had done it. Uh, so when he became king, he sent out the 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 Russian american trade company like the virginia company kind of a thing from russia and so they were trying to do the trans-pacific uh telegram and so they set up this huge um rail system and they were they were trying to build where well from across siberia into alaska and then down to northern california into santa cruz okay this is very interesting what you're saying right now a couple things if you take a look and what everybody is talking about with these, you know, pg fires. And you take the line of the fires and you put it with where they want to put a high-speed high speed rail system, it lines up. But you're like, is it just going to be through America? And I go, no, man. This thing's going to go from Southern Cal, I think Nevada actually, all the way up California through Canada Around through Siberia down to Russia and China, right. it's like it's like and that's it's exactly weird. what they're talking about. If you look at it from the North Pole polar projection, it's like a straight line. It's like a slightly curved straight line. So it's it's amazing. And the weirdest part is that this already existed, as far as we can tell. You know, I mean, like in terms of the metrics for how things were built and how wide these spaces are and where they are. I mean, there's a great book. I think it's called Backpacking in Siberia um or tent life in siberia tent life in siberia it's about the first trans-pacific railroad and telegram system that they were like and all of the weird uh, uyghurs and tartars and tribes that they met along the way through siberia to get to alaska and down the coast whom you know you have to remember they all lived in this big arcs like from russia to california like it's it's you know in china and russia you know you have to also remember that manchuria in china was like korea they were russia they were manchurian they had red-headed people that were wiped out by the spanish flu 100 million people were wiped out so you know for a long time before they called and at first they call it tartary then they call it manchuria and then they started calling it china because of the you know this emperor Xin character um but well, what yeah. they call it before china tartary you know well uh a lot of people do. The, the Jesuits all refer to it as Tartary. Um, Marco Polo. Okay, Marco Polo calls it tell me, No, 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 no. I had a guy on my my podcast on Tim, on Zero was telling me that I forget his name. I, he he's a, a kung fu master. He went to um, he went to uh, China and learned all these uh, amazing. Um, he learned kung fu there, but he was telling me that. The type of 
herbal science that they practice there is not the ancient one, that it all got shish kebabbed again by the Communist Party. Absolutely. Completely rewrote, again, rewriting history. Now, one thing I want to ask you, there's this whole theory I brought up the other day that uh, Alexander the Second he helped Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War. Have you ever heard any of that? Alexander II, really? Well, whichever Alexander was around during uh, Abraham Lincoln's time. How? I, I don't know the story. No. What's the background of that? That they had just kicked out all the serve. They, they, the, the Russia just basically kicked out the Rothschilds. They kicked them out. And even though, and then we'll get into what. Well, yeah, there's. There's a lot of thought that Abraham Lincoln was a Rothschild, actually. But yeah, keep going. One hundred percent, and so wasn't. And I, I think that Kennedy was a Roosevelt, right? I mean, that's the whole theory. They, they have no problems with taking out their own. But would you he, say that? I was going to ask him. Would you say that the Nazis are somehow? Hold on, hold on, okay, my XG. My we're literally my talking about so, something, so and you so want eager. me to do another we'll, thing? We'll, we'll go hold there. On. We'll go there. But yeah, we'll answer that. I hold on. I, Unbelievable. Hold on a second. So my whole theory is that why doesn't the World Banking Organization want to, or the IMF and all those those international banking cartels want to work with Russia when they want to work with China? Because, you know, communism, they're both communists, right? The communists, now they're using like their communist capitalism thing. Why? And I think it comes down to basically Tataria and um the Kazarians. Yeah, it's it's who wants to be in the who wants to own the democracy, right? Because you can have a student government that's run by the students, but it's own they can pick the colors of the flags and stuff, but they're it's owned by this bigger private school. That's kind of the way that they want to run. And that's the history of it. It's like why does Turkey get brought into NATO? It makes no sense. Well unless you kind of take a look at Kazarians. And then on top of that, this allows them to anybody who messes with Turkey uh, all the rest of the people have to come in and back them in NATO, right? I mean, Tur- is- Turkey's got clout, not for Turkey. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, with respect to Ataturk and, like, some amazing things that happened in Turkish history, like, I still have to respect the Kurds as well. But, like, let's be real. Turkey is valuable for the land. People see that they own and have control over Istanbul, which is the most one of the most important cities, more important than Rome to some people at least, that it's going to be included in the roster because these are the, the what a state is defined as by Weber is a, a is the legitimate source of the violence. Right. So who who more fitting of a description of that is than than the Turks? <laughs> 100 percent. i mean like in their their attack on armenia that's all this is all it's legitimized it's legitimized violence and it's also uh, ethnocide i mean you know and i don't i again i'm not like picking uh i mean this is a historical thing in history uh, i'm armenian you could pick a side don't worry about that we, <laughs> well, I do, we're, we're I very do. pro-armenia anti-turk yeah, I, I happen to be very pro-armenia like as a matter of like just randomly <laughs> Uh, so I think XG, you wanted to ask about the Vatican and the Nazis. Is that what you wanted to ask about? No, I was going to ask him. So I was doing some stuff about Tartaria before this, and uh, I've heard that they're kind of connected Tartaria with the Nazis because they're considered the first Reich. 
Okay, so so the not so you know let's turn that around a bit. So you've got some Germans who read books who were like, oh, there's this thing you know called Tartary. You know, you also have Italians doing it too. There were the where I first heard about Tartary was in anthropology. Well, I guess my family kind of I watched Taurus Bulba and Slavic movies and the Cossacks, and so there is a kind of a Russian thing about the Tartars. But at the same time, like when I really heard about Tartaria as this sort of Atlantis thing was in anthropology in uh, California. Institute of Integrated Studies, there's like a, a class that teach you on anthropology where they say be careful of the vegetable sheep of Tartary. Because at one point, there was some book in the 15th century, which we have on the Tartary Nova, and you can check out it's like public domain um, from you know the 15th century that shows that the Italians were searching for this land of Tartary because they'd heard that someone, if you go far enough east or far enough west, you get to this magical place, pseudo-magical because it was just highly advanced, but it had genetically modified things and like vegetable sheep, a sheep that grew uh, cotton. Essentially, we found out later at the end of the book was cotton. It was a cotton bush, but everyone was supposed to be looking for a, a sheep that was magical. And it was, they were supposed to believe that everyone just misunderstood what Tartaria and Tartary was. And so be careful as an anthropologist, be careful as a student of the archaeology, not to go believing in Tartaria. I and mean, it was like, I've never heard of this thing. So the only thing I've been told about it is to not believe in it. I mean, as a skeptic, it makes you want to look into it more, right? And so, you know, once you start looking into Tartaria, you're going to find that there are thousands of books. There are thousands of mythologies. There are uh, the German empire you have to remember didn't exist there wasn't a germany there was austro-hungary there was prussia but the germain saint germain alchemy uh name is not uh, there wasn't a state called that so their interest in bohemia led them to tartaria like tartaria is the thing that was we were saying the kazarians had brought the slavic empire and so you can see it with like the culture because people are always looking you know in, in the 60s people are like oh i want something that looks bohemian well, if you want something that looks Tartarian, you've got Slavic languages, which come from Sanskrit. So you have the same roots as Indo-Aryan stuff. So yeah, the Germans were really into that in the 1880s, which is, by the way, a generation before the Nazis. Um, by the time the Nazis take over, all they're doing is they're in an echo chamber of a German, German, Germanized uh, folk magic history. And they think that, you know, uh, but there, it's true. They've studied this more than most people at that point. So you do have Germans that know about, but the Russians did too, right? St. Petersburg is uh, because the regions of these places, you have people that have moved back and forth and the, the Germanic Protestants uh, are in Spain as well. So they're all looking for it. They're all trying to find this pre-Muhammad, maybe Maimonides period where um, Maimonides, by the way, is when Spain was Muslim there was a Jewish doctor who wrote the laws for, for the society. And so when we talk about, oh, how the Muslims a long time ago, they were great. They had, anyone could do this and that. You could be whatever. Hold on, person. hold on. Who wrote the laws? And are you telling me the Muslim laws? Yeah, so at the time, there was a Muslim country. They had this Khazarian Jewish from Alexandria uh, rabbi, a great episode on it, by the way, I'll send you from my channel, on Maimonides. And so I actually went to Cordoba, which is the city in Spain, where in the 11th century, they allegedly had electricity because they had the water wheels. And I'll tell you what, I believe it from everything I've seen there. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen all of the, the books that the Arab uh, designers had on, on alternate current and this idea of actually producing electricity. I'm completely convinced. And they have giant, wow. giant buildings, like bigger than the thing behind me that are just mosques, you 
you know, but were they mosques? And from our understanding, Islam, Islam didn't mean the same thing. And we have a lot of evidence that the Catholic Church has manipulated what Islam has become. The, 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 basically the royal family, man. Right. But right? You know, the royal family say they're descended from Muhammad. And so Muhammad's so important to Islam, right? But if you go back far enough, Muhammad means sweet wine. And, you know, we should talk. If you ever do an interview with somebody I could plug, it'd be David Feisenberg Jr. He's the guy who I know who's traveled to more places in the world than me. I think actually he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for most places ever. But uh, he's an Oxford laureate. Still, uh, he knows all of this and has been, he's really gotten really deep into the Islamic side of this. But there's a thing called the Qumran uh, parchment. And then the, uh, what is it called? The Qum, there's, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, there's a, a Quran that's from Russia. It's not an Arabic Quran. I mean, it's, it's Arabic, but it's not from Muhammad. It's an older Quran. And so this okay. idea. <laughs> so now you're getting in to what I've been saying for the longest time, that we are seeing books introduced into religions that take these religions in completely different direction. Not completely different, but okay. If a religion is going this way, these books turn them that way and now they're going this way and maybe as time goes on they start going a little bit more so it's like they're going straight up now they're just off 10 percent five percent and they're going in a different direction the bible no disrespect to christians uh, the bible is amazing book but what did they leave out dude what we're hearing right now about the quran the talmud is a straight up changing up from the torah Absolutely. I mean, Talmud's a whole whole different bag, man. I mean, but we'll, we'll, before we do that, let's just reiterate what you just said. So you're talking about people like Pope Gregory, who's talking about these pseudo Isidorian decretals. I, I, I want to pump that word because I think people need to look into that term. But this idea that we just take a religion and we say, oh, did you know that really you're not allowed to be married? And oh, yeah, it's always been the rules. It's very animal farm 1984 to the religions. And the, and the Quran is no different because you have plenty of evidence. I know that Alberto Rivera is some people don't trust him. I, I, regardless of what you think, he's the priest who got murdered. He's, you know, the Jesuits say isn't a priest after he was uh, saying that the Jesuits had all of this information that were, you know, they they manipulated history. So basically, yeah, the, the Quran had been manipulated in the, uh, well, okay. And we haven't even done the Fomenko thing yet, which is the craziest part. So let's almost get there. Hold on. Let's start with one more word. Bildenstorm. Do you guys know Bildenstorm? No, what is that? Okay, so Bildenstorm was the first cancel culture. The can- this, is, <laughs> this, this is where the Dutch and the German, uh, well, whatever at the time was Spain, because it wasn't controlled by the, their own people, but they had an 80-year war, and they just, who remembers anything after an 80-year war? But because, you know, turban in tulip, it's the Arabic root word, and the, the Dutch, they had tons of, you know, windmills like in Cordoba. And so they really were a very Arabic place. So when Spain went anti-Arabic and started getting into this inquisitional period, there was a lot of writing and the mosques, they started in, you know, cathedrals and mosques are often back and forth, back and forth, the same building. Cause it's a nice building in town. You just, you know, switch the flags. Um, they would rob all of the stuff in them. They took all of the gold icons and everything else. Big point of the Muslim religion is there's no iconoclasm by just getting rid of the symbols so that people can't even rip them off. And the, the, the faces can, they're not there to change, you know, cause you just shoot the faces off the walls and then the people, they can just adapt to the new sacred geometrical spaces. 
So the build, the building storm is, you know, I, I posted something about this the other day and without any context, someone saw this and said, you know, it sounds like you're, you're saying that everyone in cancel culture is like, are the Nazis. You know, I mean, basically all I did was post, this was a historical thing and they took it to mean that I was saying something about Dr. Seuss or something. I mean, like, uh, so, <laughs> so they were accusing you of, of accusing cancel culture people being Nazis. Yeah. yeah. And, and I you know what I'm I doing? I am accusing oh. cancel culture people of being Nazis. It is well. officially on the record. Johnny marked <laughs> on that time. Sam Tripoli, it's in the books, <laughs> accuses cancel culture people of being a fucking power bottom Nazis. There but, you go. You know, but it even goes, book. but it even goes back further to pitchfork rioting mobs. You know, it's like they've always been like this. There's not a lot of progress that's been made doing the same Dude, thing so this is a true story i was gonna tell him broken simp i'll tell a little bit here i i was on a plane last night yesterday and i just saw somebody with two masks on i go oh my god they're wearing two masks and, and behind me the seat behind me the woman is yeah because it works i go how do they breathe they go they can i go no they can't yeah, they can. And I go, and then I whispered to Tino, I go, this is some retarded shit. Her boyfriend jumps in, maybe you shouldn't say that word. I go, what? <laughs> he goes, there, he literally says this, there's children. I go, what? And Are they retarded? Yeah, that's what right. we're up I'm I fought first grade. I am retarded. Okay, I can say my own word. You can't take my word from me. All right, but the truth of the matter is, it's like you can't. You, I mean, like, dude, they're not gonna have to grab us and throw us in the camps. We'll gleefully fucking, you know, fucking twerk all the way into there. That's what we're gonna do. Well, you know what you do is you just say, you're right. And then when they hand you the peanuts, you take off your mask for the rest of the flight and eat one peanut for every 30 seconds or a yep. minute. Like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking I mean, about that. That's what I do. <laughs> well, okay. So then we got Napoleon has the Treaty of Tilsit with Alexander. And so this is where the Russian king and Napoleon, actually, if you can see that picture, it's a picture of the go. dude they're kissing, man. Like actually, out, yeah. Almost every picture I've ever found of this is them making out. Uh, there's a couple where they're just like head cheek to cheek, like holding each other. But it's like, yeah, it's it's a pretty weird vibe. I don't know. It's not a bad vibe. It's just it is what it is. Like, <laughs> you're gonna. I mean, it, it's a really interesting movie, right? Like if there's this kind of homo romp, erotic, like um, like that cowboy movie, but it's about Napoleon and Alexander. I'd be, I'd at least want to see it, you know. I mean, but, dude, Richard Pryor banged uh, Marlon Brando. Anything's possible. That's that's a good way to look at life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you hear that story, you're like, okay, boom, there are no rules. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a visual that's hard to get out of your head, you know. Yeah. Now you can't stop seeing it, but, um, but yeah. So basically, you've got you've got the beginning of this 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 period is in 1812, and the the whole world by World War II has forgotten most of this. But in the into the 1870s, you have holdoffs. So you have the Charter 
um, state, actually, of Tartarian revival of Tartarstan that happens in the 1870s in, in northwest China. And so, but by World War II, that's when the Spanish flu happens. And it kind of feels like there's some biological warfare there because it wipes out 100 million people after they bring American soldiers on trains with chickens that get kind of an avian flu and then they export it and so it comes from the united states and so this allows for the wiping out of you know you have to imagine millions and millions of people that includes specific families and so these families that are running things like in manchuria or you know in northwest china even um they're all completely replaced and so the iconoclastic period like you're mentioning in china is really interesting because you lose all the royal families you lose the original writing systems uh you you develop a new simplified writing system they burn all the old books they 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 start introducing new books they say are the old books and yeah the idea that that china is anything like what china was 100 years ago or 500 years ago god is laughable because it's literally too it's like one dominant like i do a joke about you know state wasn't before literally one one ethnic group you know what it was before 310 ethnic groups so far that i've like really gotten deep into in china there's about 52 languages left in china that are spoken by thousand people each 52 out of the 310 and you know how many they're going to be in about 100 years one One. because those of those are all gone most of those people they're just they they barely keep that for the same reason the germans were going to keep a holocaust you know why because they wanted a museum so it's it's scary over there for that reason. Like we want to keep Jeez culture alive. Louise, dude. Jeez, Louise. It's un- dark, yeah, dark. dude. Yeah, it is dark. I mean, like so much of everything is just manufactured, right? I mean, it's just like the the coronavirus comes out of Wuhan, or that's what they want us to believe. Well, it that, came out that somewhere. Window, that that the Resident Evil um, logo. That's pretty interesting, oh, yeah. right? But I mean. We let's be a little careful. We could always go deeper. I would say let's like tread on things that are a hundred years old or older for now, because I don't want to get in that much trouble on my first my first one. But let's let's <laughs> let's look at let's look at China. Dude, I'm second. all about trouble. Oh, I don't get me wrong, but I just let's let's extend it. Okay. By the time we get there, <laughs> let's do a little foreplay before we get to yeah. anal. That's what you're I mean, saying. Okay. Yeah, like oh. we, I mean, we just talked about the Spanish flu. I mean, the Spanish flu is a great analogy for what's going on today, right? It's 1919 versus 2019 or 1920 versus 2020 is a hundred years later, but it's basically the same thing happened. You know why we have a prohibition? It wasn't because it's like really the alcohol. They closed down the bars because they were worried about the flu. They closed down schools. They closed oh, down society. Yeah, in 1919, when the great influenza happened, they closed down society and put everyone in masks, just like they did today. I mean, every it's a playbook. Do you know the guy who was in charge of the medical um, commission looks exactly like Fauci? You have to see the guy <laughs> literally, literally looks like a clone, like some Matrix deja vu. Um, but there are there's some. So when I first got into a lot of this stuff, I was mainly just kind of interested in synchronicities, and I was like, well, history probably has things that happen, kind of. Like, you, know, you always hear history rhymes or history repeats itself or whatever. But that's when we started finding out, like, some of this stuff literally is the same event. But it doesn't always have to be. I mean, so with China, you have literally the same thing that's happened today. Like, they, they, were, they were completely forcing everyone. Yeah, there you go. Look at this. Oh, at this oh my God. Right. I mean, so this is the kind of thing that... <laughs> that this is the kind of thing that we're, we're going through where, where th- there's kind of a playbook 
that they're using. Uh, okay, so in terms of China, let's like you want to do the the rimming of it, like as you say. There is a there's the Chinese ghost cities. <laughs> is that what you can consider foreplay? Ribbing? I wanted want to sound classy, <laughs> but let's. Go I don't on. even want to know what second base is to you, dude. Um, um, which is anyway. very interesting, dude. I mean, go on, go. How on. about the how about those giant cities that have no one living in them yet, right? So China built these huge ghost yeah. cities for whatever's going to come next, right? So what is that plan? Is that is that just for the Chinese ethno state? Well, considering how the New World World Economic Forum is working with China, I don't think so. I think that's why they're not working directly with Russia as much. Russia already has a reduced population. So it's kind of easy to imagine how they can control that huge amount of space. And even if they were to completely remove the Russian people, which, you know, like there obviously have been implements added towards, but Putin's done a pretty good job of kind of protecting it. And they have organics, like they're, they're, they're doing the right thing in certain respects to try to keep their population at least sustainable, but China is not. And so we're, we're headed towards a point where it could easily be expats from all over the world that end up in these new Chinese cities that are designed for whatever comes next. I think that's what's interesting to me about the Tartarian reset is that we look back and, you know, there are, there's plenty of evidence of Tartaria. We always look at society as being, this is the highest point in history. And that's a bad way to look at things. Often people had really great things going for them. I mean, even if you just look at what we believe to be true about Rome, Rome had aqueducts that were incredible, like in fountains that were like the free water systems of Rome were incredible. And the Phoenicians doubly so with their uses of alloy and the Berbers, by the way, you're talking about the word retarded, like, you know, the Tartarians, <laughs> there's a bunch of things like tarnation and, you know, the, the derogatory uses of Tartaria, um, tar on your teeth and tar feathered and uh, tar baby and all of these things, they legitimately do come from Tartaria and from disrespect and derogation of the country because they wanted to bring it down and make it not seem like this elevated magical place with vegetable sheep, but actually a place that was just muddy and bad. Uh, in the old days, they didn't say retarded, they would say bar. bar barbaric you know and barbaric just meant that you weren't part of rome but really it had to do with the berbers who were probably the thracians or the tartars you know berber tartar you have the same sound th and p b and g d like often they these get reused and recycled because they're just trying to put together these phonemes from phoenicia so basically yeah we're about to see this giant reset again and what's crazy oh is when no we look, dude well but what 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 was crazy is when we look back at what happened to tartaria Freemasons, you know, they, you know, if you look at Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike, which is like the 33rd degree Freemason text that you're supposed to be killed if you have, you know, they, he mentions Tartaria 13 times. I mean, the idea uh, and why they robbed it, because if they wanted to take it, because it was uh, powerful, but the, they were nepotistic. They had their ki- their sons were in power instead of the meritocracy of foundlings that the Freemasons uh, built. And the Freemasons really kind of become more powerful because the Jesuits were excommunicated. So for a period of time there, they needed some other group. And so, you know, there's a huge correlation between the Jesuits and the Freemasons for that, for that reason. But yeah, when, when they hid the history, they hid a lot of the technology and we're seeing resurgences of that technology. We're seeing, you know, I think we talked last time about the pan telegraph machine, which was the first fax machine in the 1800s. And it's just this machine that swings a pen forward and backward xyz coordinates and it's connected to electricity and so the telegram could you know draw a picture um like a woodcut you know and so you were sending woodcut fax images uh you know like in newspapers like from moscow to the alamo or from the alamo to the to moscow i mean it's crazy the kinds of technology that we had 
at that time. And so a lot of that stuff, uh, giant diesel or alternate current motors and the things we, we hear about with Tesla, um, there's allusions to the fact that these things were just what they discovered from what had existed now, in either uh, Lemuria or Tartaria or Atlantis. Do these families always survive this? Well, I suppose not, but these certain ones seem to be doing all right. Um, you know, I mean, obviously you could wipe out and you could change order. And there's, there's a trapezoid below the triangle, right? So we're, we're all mostly part of this trapezoid. A trapezoid has a flat surface though. So you can only go so far up. You can't keep climbing and maybe you fall off the top once you get to the top. So I think we see that the height of the middle class or whatever is considered the ultra elite the ultra elite that you're seeing are not the like the elite like elite versions of uh, occultist families that are the most secret there probably are a few more things there but yeah i mean you can easily imagine that some families have been reordered i mean look at um the arab state uh muhammad bin salman is the the you know the sultan of the house of saud and yeah i mean we go that's a whole other thing but they had 50 wives to the king and so the every generation switch which wife's son is the sultan jesus (laughs) this whole thing is just fucking nuts so do you believe that like the roman catholic church is just kazarians i think that the the families that run the vatican are um there are families and there are specific families and they've, they're, they've, they've, they've been in power for a very long time. They may have lost power for a while, but I think the question of what Kazarian princes really are um, that comes into question because, you know, this is why so many people talk about the Ashkenazi hypothesis, which is not fully dismissed, let alone proven, but it's definitely not dismissed is the connection there. Eighth century conversion uh, to Judaism. And so that connection. Do you think that's mind. real or fake? I know you said I, there's no evidence either way, but what would be there, your there is there is evidence either way. I mean, so there is evidence. So like first off, what you, is look it? At, you look at the fact that there are Jews that practice Jew, Judaism. I mean, that's a pretty good sign of there being a conversion. And then you look at genetics and you're like, well, these people don't come from Palestine, but they do have this religious conversion. But then you also find that there are Ashkenazis all over the place. They're in Egypt. They're in all, you know, so in terms of their, their travel, they clearly went places and it was through the Khazarian trade network, which was, you know, with Vikings. So why do lions from Africa exist on the shields of Scandinavians who believe that they're descendant from Solomon? Because they're, you know, they've been interacting with each other, but the problem isn't whether or not they are Jewish, because clearly they, they're following a mitzvah as a thing. But, you know, uh, Sephardic or Ashkenazi, what about the beta Jews, the African Jews who, you know, they live in uh, Ethiopia and they supposedly follow the mitzvahs better than anybody. Um, it, it becomes more convoluted of whether or not you're Jewish, because it has nothing to do anymore with whether or not from Palestine. And that's the question for a lot of people, because they want to know, do they have the right to occupy all of Palestine? And well, I mean, that that's where you're going to get in trouble for for discussing it. But yeah. there definitely is evidence that they that the Ashkenazi um, from Khazaria, uh, <laughs> there 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 definitely are, uh, and that they weren't Jewish two thousand years ago. So at some point, this happened in the eighth century. Well, that's right after the Umayyad Caliphate just, just defeats Tartaria. 
So to be converted and to have your people taken, there could very well be that there's a deep-seated generational plot to return to power. Um, and that might be what some of these families in Russia have been doing. I mean, that's kind of what it looks like. Crazy, dude. Just crazy, man. Have you ever heard of the Passar family? Uh, I can't think of it. What is the Passar family? Uh, basically, they're one of the... They're believed to be so powerful that they they are basically nobody can hear them. Nobody can hear. Uh, they don't get listed anywhere. They own everything. So was it Marie Antoinette that got beheaded? Yeah, she did. Her son, I believe, is David, right? David was put under Freemason control from what I've been told. The Freemasons, all right? So somebody snuck them out and switched him with his like special needs brother or cousin, <laughs> right? They switched him out, snuck him to 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 England, where King David, I believe it was, who was whoever's the king was that day, put him under his control, and then sent him to the United States with like a butt ton of money and gave him a like fifty thousand acres and a shit ton of money and. Supposedly, the Passar family is the one that at one point owned everything. And supposedly, you know, after generations, they lost their power and uh, the Rothschilds took over. And there's this whole belief that the CFR is just basically a trust of the Passar family wealth and corporations. P, it's a P A Y S E U R family and it's like super deep a lot of people when they have children they don't even get social security numbers they're they're completely and utterly off the grid we've done some episodes on it and the funniest thing is like okay i'm looking at this right now yeah this sounds just about exactly what i believe but you know the idea of the 13 families in general right that there's supposed to be 13 families yeah what's, what's the whole thing well, so one of them, according to this thing that I just found looking at the Passars, is that they are one of the 13 families. Um, and, you know, but the 13 families are supposed to be uh, descended from the 13 tribes, right? And so the 13 tribes, we hear it in biblical terms a lot, but this is the fun thing. We have Christianity, Islam, Judaism, this is crusade kind of war. They all believe in the same God. And, right, like, so that's a it's really kind of a civil war. It's a, re- a religious civil war. And they believe that there's this, this, this ISIS, Ra Elohim, Israel uh, kind of concoction that gives power to the specific line and lineage. Um, and that's so the order of Melchizedek. You have the Aaronic priesthood. You The Mormons use this idea of right. And the royal families, they all think the only reason they can do anything is because they're descended from these specific bloodlines. Uh, you go to like most countries, there are a few people that run it. There are a few families. You go to Chile, there's like 13 families. You go to, um, you know, parts of like Uganda, there's going to be like 13 families. And you go to different parts of Russia, it's basically it comes down to 12 or 13 families. There's sometimes one or two is removed because of something weird that's happened that's made them public. But that's my idea of that pyramid above the trapezoid. It's like there are some people that they don't want you to ever to know about. For yeah, um, it's King. It's King Louis. The eighth, I believe, and his son, and his son was, uh, I believe, oh, he snuck out by a doctor. It's so interesting, dude. 
I mean, and it's, it's like, interesting how that kind of ties to that that um, Moses story. It's very similar to like the biblical Moses story. So Freemasons do this a lot, this idea of foundlings. And it makes you, you know, it gets back into that idea of, of the Jesuit uh, hierarchy of can you just be the sons and fathers in this, this liberation theology? Uh, if you get rid of all of this nepotism, that's you believe that your kids are going to be great, because often they aren't, right? And Catherine the Great's a great example. Like every... Her husband, Peter, was insane for the same reason her child was, because they take the baby away from the royals because they don't want the royals to breastfeed or anything. And the kids go crazy. So the royals were, you know, in the worst of states. Meanwhile, the Freemasons were raising their kids. So any love that they got were from Freemasons. And so they were realizing, well, you know, what does it matter if your bloodline is we just need to keep this 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 order, this bureaucracy. Let's install somebody into that bureaucracy and let's raise someone else. I mean, that, that happened a lot and we see the results. It's unbelievable, dude. It's like nobody knows who runs anything. The whole thing is just pure chaos, pure chaos. Well, I mean, again, if it's only so many families, then it's, it's like, it's probably easy to find out the families to an extent. But it's not that they're running it. It's maybe they're dictating it. Like the queen probably wants to ride on jet skis more than she wants to have a, you know, run the parliament. So that's why owning a democracy makes a lot of sense. Owning a socialist democracy, because you're above it, but the thing itself can maintain itself and it can, you know, deal with potholes in its own system. So this is why like these kinds of regulated democratic features of government are are instilled by the elite and the dictators it's not it's not that they care about you or it's not that they don't because they do care about you because you're their property so they want to make sure that their property is well maintained (laughs) so crazy so if you had to go right now what are your top five pieces of evidence for tataria as we wrap it up Okay, well, let's say Bellum Tartaricum, pretty good book. Uh, you know, the documented uh, struggles uh, through Tartary by uh, Pope or by priest Martin Martinez um, is a pretty good look into like the, some of the first adventures into Tartaria. Uh, check out like any atlas um, made by Mercator. Like obviously Tartaria is written on all of them. Um, and yeah, like, again, like even Ian Fleming writing about his trips to Tartary, like how recent is that, that we're hearing about Tartaria all the time. It's, it's actually kind of funny to me that we live in a world where we have to corroborate like lost libraries and burnt down books. Um, for me, it's like Tartaria is pretty obviously like it's on maps, it's in history books. You can look it up and find it exists. The questions become, um, what are the evidences of how high of a civilization it are, there, there was? And so Star Forts, I think, is the second one, because you see all of these city-states, autonomous city-states all over the world that are unique, but they're all like each other. So it, it, is, it, is, it, it infers that there was a culture, a uniform culture, that made these things, even though we're told that each one of these uniform things were made by different cultures. It's more likely that they were one. And you know, in terms of uh, linguistic evidence, you look at Japan, you look at the word, for instance, Osama in Japan, um, like Osama in Arabic, it's like Osama bin Laden, right? Osama means lion in Arabic, I think, and then it means um, emperor in Japanese. I think that's right. It's one of the, it also means son in another language. So you start to find that the same word 
has been used and it ha- the, the symbol on these shields is a lion in front of a son who's the it's the king's shield and it's like so there's there's these phonetic iconoclastic issues where someone can't read something the only thing they have is the image associated with it so then you have all the symbolism and you go to places like indonesia and you look at all of these temples you look at formosa which is taiwan and you see the architecture so the architecture becomes the third thing when you start to see the brick buildings that are relating this thing and they're not just teepees they have like really serious architecture in hungary and you know so there, there's that, and I say the fourth thing would probably be um, the 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 trade the trade relationships that they've set up that have lasted to this day. So the oldest rune we have is older than the Scandinavian runes, older than the uh, Semitic um, texts, older than the the Phoenician um, tiger um, tablets, older than the cuneiform Sumerian tablets. Which for a long time we thought the Sumerian tablets were the oldest. The oldest thing. Are Hold the- on, there's something older than the Sumerian tablets. Oh yeah, for sure. It's called the Tartarian tablet, and if you you can Google it if you want, it's actually pretty cute. It's a little picture. It's a little circle, um, and it has, um, it, it's, it's it looks like a Pokemon uh, thing basically. What it is is you've got two sides of a coin that are it's made to sh- in clay that show agriculture on one side and animals on the other side, and you know for what. For what I, my hypothesis, and I think it's pretty, pretty decent from what we've you know, looked at other, I think he's about to pull up the screen share so you can see it. There you go. So that circular oh, one. Oh, snaps. And we found a number of these, but uh, what we, what we understand about the Volga um, state and Bulgarian, you know, it's like 7,000 year old uh, language that we can kind of use for whatever we're looking at at prehistory because prehistory is anything before written and or w- before we can decipher so in this prehistoric point what we have is this it looks like futures trading so futures trading is where you're predicting how much you're going to have and how much someone else is going to have and you're trading this is saying i think you're gonna have this much agriculture um we looked at your you know the way that farmers do this today and or at least have done this for hundreds of years and you know thousands of years is you go to a, a, the fruit of a tree, you see one tree, this is a field of trees. Uh, one tree, you measure how many branches it has, you measure how long one of the branches are, and you can use a Mendelbrot living mathematical fractal you know, patterns. Or if you're just a smart farmer guy, you figure out how big the, the likelihood of the fruit will be on the next year's pr- uh, blossom. How many trees there's going to be in the whole field based on that one tree and how many fruit there will be on each one of those trees. So he said, I'm going to maybe give like, uh, you know, a thousand apples on this side and next year for mm, what? You're probably going to have a quarter of all your goats maybe. And I, I assume a quarter of your goats will be maybe like 250 goats or something. And so there's, you can see how they've done this and it kind of arranges a trade. So it's another interesting thing about Tartaria is it's not just this warring place. Everyone's like, oh, the Khazarians in war. It's more that the Tartarians before that, before the Khazar kings, were all about interacting with people to build up this, com- this commerce and have a, you know, a bigger commercial yeah. enterprise. The, the light versus dark. Okay, yeah. final question. And uh, Johnny, can you can you just... Just pause for one second. I have to use the bathroom and then yeah, I want sure. to end it. Hold up. All right. Our final question before we end this great episode. Uh, you crushed it. Earth flat, earth is round. Which one do you believe? Yes. Here we <laughs> yeah. go. I agree with that. That's the perfect answer. I think it's whatever. 
you wanted to believe that is our realm. What do you think we're living in? A realm? You, you, you like David Weiss, you like David Weiss, right? Yeah. Okay, so David's cool, and I do the same. You know, I noticed he does the uh, mint bags. He has the menthol bags, like the burlap sacks. We do that all the time, the Tartarian bags. A guy who we work with who does kind of this thing on biological earth theory, I think is really interesting. Because you start to see heart stones. You might want to look into stellium seven. Hold on. You're saying you think the earth is alive. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's pretty common theory these days. I mean, I, are school, we cancer? Well, you know, I mean, like we're liposuctioning the earth. Uh, I don't mean to say that that's like good or bad, but it definitely has consequences. Uh, probably we're not living in full on uh, harmony. You know, we could probably do a little better. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying we have, you know, to hate humanity. It's not like it shouldn't be a war between the two is the problem. But yeah, feedback loops exist, man. And we could like easily like there's a lake in Russia that's turned into a dry desert because we just diverted 10% of the water to it. I mean, the, over a period of time, it stops raining in the right spot, it just disappears. So we should be careful about, about our environment. But yeah, the idea that microbiology is inter, inter, interwound with um, consciousness goes way back, right? Like, you know, before Thomas Aquinas, but Teilhard Chardin is like probably the greatest philosopher of all time ever, you know, and he's a Jesuit priest. Uh, he started out as a geologist in France and he looked at jade and diamond and rock. And he's like, dang, like, this is crazy. Like how, how, like, how does an atom and another atom meet and make something and not just something, but something so awesome, like glass, like this is crazy, like precious stone, you know, jade's not just dust and dirt. So he got really into physics and really into this idea that the, that geo, the new sphere, this mind sphere. So there's geology, geosphere becomes biosphere, becomes new sphere. And so life kind of is, um, you know, and we see the same patterns in geology that we then see in biology. And, you know, so you see a rock that has the exact same shapes that a heart looks like because you have inside of it certain kinds of sea creatures that are arranged around each other. And, you know, the siphonosporic jellyfish is like a thousand or two thousand different kinds of uh, jellyfish that live together in a single organism. Some of them are digesting and some of them are the eyes, but it, 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 it destroys the idea of what an individual is because it's really, it couldn't exist by itself. It has to exist as a as a unit you know so yeah life i think is is you know when people used to say that the world was flat and on the back of a turtle and everything else um kind of like any other thing there's there's definitely truth there's a seed of truth in everything and it's worth looking into um but yeah i mean i respect the research and so i say like look into look into stellium seven and and look into what they're doing because they're doing really important em empirical observations but for me, electric universe, holographic universe, um, more important than anything else. And the idea of a universe to me also is this thing that we're not just on Earth. We're everywhere all the time at once, not just because of quantum entanglement, but basically, yeah, because we're, we're entangled on this level that's holographically uh, compressed and we're experiencing it as radio waves from every time it ref refracts. So it's, you know... You can call that flat if you want. That's fine. I love it. Any other questions, guys? Nope. Nothing. Well, Nothing. man, uh, you, Andreas, you came. You saw. You kicked a whole lot of ass. You're making. You're making a run for the the empty spot on the Mount Rushmore. We're gonna have to have you back on a couple other ones. Thank but God. man, you I think you want to get. You want to get it going, you talk Kazarians, you talk Taria, 
You talk black nobility. You're just checking off all of daddy's favorites. This is like my Dude. Christmas gift. You know, oh, I love uh, you, man. Yeah, this is I great. Talks all day. So um, do me a favor. Can you tell our fa- tell our listeners where they can find you? Well, yeah. So another thing, right? Last time we talked, I had this, you know, thousands of members discord server that existed for years. And then it got deleted the my birthday the night You're after. You're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. Totally. Yeah, no, it's but it really is awesome. Because here's the other thing they tried to um, say they didn't have to give us back our data and all this other stuff, which in the European Union, they legally do, which is why Facebook and Google have your information privacy thing. So yesterday, the OVH servers burned down in France, we're talking about 3.6 million websites, which will never be recovered online. It's the biggest scandal in news. Like it's it's crazy. We're talking like if, if, if Amazon servers were burned or something, this huge this is like the biggest deal and we're not hearing about it just because yeah so you gotta look into the ovh server uh, problem but to answer your question about where you can find us now because of that we have a perma web alternative and i think everybody needs to come to this now like this is the only way in the future you're going to be able to have any information not get deleted we're in the burning of the books time this is the building storm so go to the exertus you can go to tartarynova.com is, is a great way or exertus.com and you can find your way to the exertus matrix enter our matrix and the matrix is the new platform we're using that's defeating the discord defeating the zuck and yeah through through the tartary through the exertus and through you know tartarynova.com exertus yeah like that's how you get to get to get to the the research but make sure you switch as soon as possible like the more, more important than anything else get off facebook and google and instagram Get onto Minds, get onto Odyssey Library. You know, you can find us on, on Library and Odyssey. Listen, stay on Instagram for the twerking videos, but get off for everything else. <laughs> you can put, you can get twerking videos from free software locations these days. I'm just okay, saying. that's true. That's true. <laughs> the girls are trying. They have babies to feed. Exercises. Make okay. your own twerking videos. That's what I'm there. That should be a new t-shirt. That. Make your own twerking I'm going to laser that right after this. Thank you for the advice. <laughs> laser Andreas, uh, you came, you saw, you kicked a whole lot of ass. Thank you so much you for having welcome me. Welcome back. Anytime you think you have something else you want to talk Dude, to we us can about. cover anything, anytime. We only did, you know, we should probably do the 1800s. We should probably do the 1600s, uh, like the fires, London. We probably got to do the actual Crimean, Tartar, Armenian genocide. Like, cause we Oh yeah, we, I'm all about that. Actually. Yeah, we could do that stuff in a politically correct way. Like, trust me, like, I think it's important that we get that information. Do you ever come out, out to LA? Are you still out yeah, there? Yeah. I mean, my family is from Santa Cruz and I lived in Camarillo's where my mom's from. I'm all over the place. So I'll aren't definitely you, come. Aren't you going to go? You said you want to move to Thailand for lady boys. Isn't that what you told me? Paraguay, <laughs> Paraguay, Paraguay okay. but mainly for the, cause the Jesuits, you know, so you're, you're onto it, you know? Okay. <laughs> well guys, thank you so much. It's been this uh, episode. I uh, met all my expectations and more. Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of uh, our show where I feel like our shows have been kind of fire lately, so I hope you're enjoying it. A lot of you guys, again, are complaining about where you can't find this. If you want to watch the show, go to samtriplee.com. Go to odyssey.com, rockfin.com, rumble.com. Uh, I mean, broken simulation, brokensimulation.com. It's all there. It's all there. Sam Tripoli is your one-stop shop. samtriplee.com. Go check it out. And it's all there, everything I do. So uh, I appreciate you guys. I mean, the the swarm, honestly, without you, I don't know where I'd be. And I love you all very much. And thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you again soon. Take care. Peace.
go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.